Welcome to the Superhero News Show. My name is Sean Gerber. Here are today's top stories, starting with X-Men Dark Phoenix. There are conflicting reports today as it relates to reshoots that the film is about to undergo. The Canadian outlet La Presse reported earlier today that the film would be undergoing about three months of reshoots, but then Collider came back and said that those reshoots would just be two and a half weeks. I'm not sure which report is going to be correct, but Collider was pretty much on the money with a lot of their reporting as it relates to or as it related to Deadpool 2 and reshoots and test screenings earlier this year. So we know they have good sources, especially over at Fox. I'm not as familiar with La Presse, but I'm also not here to say that they're not a credible source. Perhaps we'll find out that the truth lies somewhere in the middle. But what is consistent about X-Men Dark Phoenix and the reshoots, and this has been consistent all along for a number of months, is that these reshoots will focus on heavily on the third act of the movie. And that's got me thinking because we have... You have the Disney and Fox deal that is in the process of closing. Now, it's still a ways out from actually becoming an official done deal, but we know that this deal is is most likely going to close before you would ever get to another movie within this main X-Men series that's been over at Fox that began with the first X-Men film in 2000. Now, director, writer-director Simon Kinberg had previously said that he initially envisioned uh, Dark Phoenix as maybe setting up another film, that it could almost be a two-part story with another part, obviously, immediately to follow X-Men Dark Phoenix. Now, if that film is never going to happen, then maybe that changes what has to occur in your third act because maybe now the goal is to make sure that this film buttons up the main X-Men continuity that we've had for the past 18 years or 19 years by the time this movie, or almost 19 years by the time this movie comes out next February. And I think there would be something to that because you certainly don't want to leave things open-ended for a series that's been running as long as this one has when you might not actually get to tell that next story. So I feel like even though there, I'm sure there are some things that emerge from the test screenings, things they want to do to maybe make the third act bigger and then have it be, you know, much more spectacular and something that audiences are really going to love. So all of these reshoots are certainly done with the intention of making the movie better. And so I'm not really worried about it from that aspect, but I really am curious to see if once we finally see X-Men Dark Phoenix, if maybe they will have retooled this third act, not just in response to the test screenings, but maybe Maybe also in response to the fact that there's probably not going to be another X-Men film in this series. Dark Phoenix is going to be the last one, and maybe the ending of this film is being redesigned to reflect that new reality that everybody's going to be dealing with. Now, I want to go ahead and move on to our next topic and introduce you to Sony's universe of Marvel characters, the SUMC. Has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Nah, it doesn't. Anyway, we got a new report from Variety that details all of Sony's plans, or not really details, but just gives you an overview of Sony's plans as it relates to Spider-Man characters and trying to develop a universe out of this license because once the Disney-Fox deal is done, Sony will be the only studio in town besides Disney slash Marvel that has access to Marvel characters. And so this in many ways could be Sony's last stand in terms of trying to have a cinematic universe is building things out. Now, it's important to really begin with the the point that this all hinges on Venom. And if Venom is not very successful this coming October, then a lot of these things could go away. We've already seen one project fall by the wayside in Silver and Black because it was part of Variety's article 
that Sony has decided to go ahead and scrap the idea for Silver and Black in favor of solo movies for each character, but they really only said anything about having plans or desires to make a Black Cat movie, so Silver Sable may just be out of luck. We'll have to wait and see on that. Now, uh, Variety had Sony's participation in this article because you had Sanford Panich, who is the president of Columbia Pictures, and he was quoted a lot of times in this article. Now, not for every little piece of information, but you know Variety's got really good sources on what they're reporting here. So here are a few things that we're looking at. We already know that Venom is coming out this year. We know that they're working on Morbius that's going to star Jared Leto. We also know they got the writer of Equalizer 2 to come in and do a script for Craven right now. And there are other projects that we've heard about, like Silk and Nightwatch, that are still in development, but they don't have writers attached. Another name that came up today for a property that's in development is Jackpot. So we have a lot of things going on with Sony. And it's interesting to me that we see all of these things being talked about. And it strikes me as a little odd because you don't normally see the, these kinds of projects being brought up and spoken about publicly by a studio executive when they're this early in development to the point where they don't even have writers attached to them. And so as much as I see people reacting to this news as it relates to all these Sony characters, part of me wonders if we even need to react to this right now because I don't know what's going to happen. We know that a lot of this hinges on Venom, first and foremost. But even if we take Venom out of the equation, if you just look at this, some of this feels like posturing to me. You have Sony that has continued to struggle. They lose millions and millions of dollars each and every quarter. They've been losing money even this, even these past, the first couple quarters of this year when they were, especially even in the first quarter when they were picking up a lot of their box office money from Jumanji. And all of these things have still resulted in Sony struggling. They're not struggling as bad as they were before, but they're still struggling. They're still not a money maker for their parent company with Sony proper. So, Part of me wonders if some of this is just to try and appease shareholders, if they're just trying to puff up their chest and appear to be as big and have as much potential as they as people are going to think that they possibly can. Because we've seen Sony do this before, right? They did this with the Sinister Six universe that they were going to build out of the Amazing Spider-Man series. And then Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out, didn't go so well, and so all of those things just went away. And so I wonder if all of these things could just as easily go away with Venom or if maybe a lot of this stuff isn't even that real in the first place. Now, I'm sure they're developing some of these things and that's happening, but they're not pot committed on on any of these projects right now besides Venom. They can pull the plug on any of these at any time. And so it wouldn't surprise me if that ends up happening. And even if Venom is moderately successful, that's not necessarily going to just launch all of these things and have Sony go and uh, and result in a, a universe where Sony is going to be just as big or the second biggest or maybe just third biggest behind Marvel's, uh, Marvel Studios in DC, uh, third biggest shared superhero universe that's out there. I don't know that we're going to get to that stage. I'm sure that's what Sony would love to see happen. But there could some of this just could be Sony wanting to say, look, if you... We there's a chance we might get bought. So if somebody's going to buy us, this is going to drive up the price because we have this we have access to this whole Spider-Man library. Or if before we get bought by somebody else, we want to sell the Spider-Man license back to Disney separately, we need to make this thing look as valuable as we can so we can drive up our price. I've always had that suspicion when it comes to Sony and some of these projects that they've been developing. And I know my co-host Mark Hughes has also shared a lot of those suspicions as well. So some of the stuff I'm not really going to buy too much into. What was interesting, though, and almost a little bit laughable, was the idea that Sony would be open to uh, 
including some of these characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and also having some of those MCU stars from the Disney Marvel films uh, come in and, and guest star in these Sony Marvel films. Well, of course they would. Why wouldn't they? The MCU is the hottest, most successful franchise going, so of course Sony would want to be in business with that franchise as much as they can. The problem is... I don't know that Marvel Studios would be interested because if Marvel Studios is putting these characters into the MCU and then they're having MCU characters go over and participate in films for Silk or Black Cat or Jackpot or whoever, that, in the eyes of the general audience, that puts those movies in the MCU. That makes them canon in the MCU, whether that's technically true or not. For all intents and purposes, as far as the effect on the audience, that's going to look like it's canon and Marvel Studios cares very much about their quality control. And they can only make so many movies a year. They've been doing three a year for the last couple of years. Maybe they'll find room to go up to four a year. But that would really be to accommodate all the stuff they're getting from the Fox deal. They're not going to want to go up to four a year to just keep uh, quality checking and, and keep making more movies for Sony because Disney doesn't get that money. Marvel Studios collects fees for making the movie, but uh, but Disney's not profiting off of those movies when no matter what happens at the box office. So I don't know that that plan can really last, and it's certainly not going to be a plan that I think Disney would be interested in expanding unless they have no choice. Because this is the one thing that does have me worried, that, that does worry me a bit, and that's if Venom is successful and if we start getting this shared universe. It was mentioned in the Variety article that there was a plan to have Spider-Man appear in future films in the Venom series, and I would assume in the rest of this universe. Now, they didn't say which Spider-Man, but if they're already talking about a desire for these characters to show up in Disney's Marvel films and then also have maybe MCU characters pop up in these spinoff films, I'm guessing they want the MCU Spider-Man. The Tom Holland Spider-Man is what Sony would be interested in. And they have every right to the Tom Holland Spider-Man, by the way. So I wonder if Sony's goal is if they, can't mar if they can't get Marvel to be a willing dance partner with them in all of these different things that they want to do with this expansion of their universe, and Venom is successful enough for them to actually be able to justify going forward with this universe, maybe one day Sony decides to just pull Spider-Man from the MCU and just move Tom Holland over. Now, Tom Holland would have to agree to it because he only has, as far as his contract goes, I believe he only has one more, a third solo Spider-Man film, Spider film left on his uh, left on his contract. And so he would obviously have to agree to it. But if he were willing to sign on for more films, then Sony could just do that with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. They don't need Marvel's approval. Another thing to keep in mind is, as far as we know, the last and the most recent agreement between Marvel Studios and Sony as it relates to sharing Spider-Man, that ends with Spider-Man Far From Home, which is in production now and comes out next year. What a lot of people forget is they just think that when Sony and Marvel made this deal that it's this forever thing, and that's not what it was. The original deal was a one-for-one -one deal. Spider-Man shows up in a Disney Marvel film, which ended up being Civil War, and then Marvel Studios makes a Spider-Man solo film for Sony, and that was Homecoming. Then they made another deal to cover Infinity War and Avengers 4 on the Disney Marvel Studios side, and then Spider-Man Far From Home on the Sony side. So there may have been, now they may have already extended the deal, and we just don't know about it. But as far as what's been shared publicly, the current deal of Marvel Studios and Sony sharing Spider-Man ends with Spider-Man Far From Home. So maybe that's another big part of this, is if Venom is really successful, 
then Sony doesn't necessarily need to um, have Marvel Studios come out and make the third Spider-Man film for them. Tom Holland, I believe, is under contract for that film, but it doesn't necessarily have to be with Marvel Studios. It could be just with Sony. And maybe Sony would use this to try and have some influence on it of, hey, Marvel, if you want Spider-Man to keep being a player in your universe, not only do you have to make this third film for us, but we want you to help us out with on some of this other stuff too. And I don't know how... I don't even know if Marvel Studios could do that even if they wanted to do that just because of all they're going to have their hands so full with all of this fox material coming in and then to try and keep making other movies and and try to quality check quality control all of that with sony it's going to be very difficult so this is going to be a very interesting situation to watch and of course we'll we'll have a lot of answers to these questions when it comes in just a couple months time we'll know how venom is doing at the box office and that's going to tell us just what the odds are of any of this stuff actually coming to fruition but definitely some things worth keeping an eye on another thing worth keeping an eye on as a result of all this i mentioned that spider-man is that sony wants spider-man to be a part of this universe well that's why venom is probably not going to be rated R, as a lot of fans came to believe, especially after the Hall H panel at San Diego Comic-Con. A lot of fans walked out of that panel thinking, okay, Venom is definitely going to be rated R. But according to Variety's article, the same article that detailed all of these things for Sony's universe of Marvel characters, Venom is headed most likely for a PG-13 rating. And that is so that when if Spider-Man eventually does show up in this universe... He'll fit right at home, and it doesn't necessarily have to be this thing where you have a Venom movie that was a R rating, and that doesn't now fit with the brand that you're going to merge it into with Spider-Man and maybe some of these other properties. The downside of that is Venom probably would benefit from being a rated R film, from being a gory, I've talked about it before, a, a B-movie horror comedy that has Venom biting people's heads off and things like that. That feels like the kind of thing that would work for Venom, especially on what I presume is a smaller budget. And so now Venom is going is having to kind of play ball as if it's going to be part of the MCU and it may never be part of the MCU. So I'm not really sure what Sony's thinking is on this, but apparently what they want is they want Venom to just go right up to the line of what will be allowed in a PG-13 film, but not cross it. And you can get away with a lot of stuff, especially as it relates to violence in PG-13 films. So the truth is, we may not end up noticing that much of a difference, but we know that they could go farther in a uh, if it were rated R and maybe try to pick up some of the vibe that Deadpool established for Fox. Now, Venom isn't necessarily Deadpool, so I don't think the R-rated potential with Venom is as great as it was with Deadpool, but I still think a lot of fans were excited about the idea of an R-rated Venom film, and so we'll have to see if fans are still just as excited about it. But that comes from a lot of people who are going to show up anyway. Obviously, being PG-13 allows more people to see the movie, so maybe that maximizes the box office return. And we already know why Sony cares so much about maximizing the box office return on Venom because it's going to be a huge part, of, and it's going to really go a long way in determining just how much they just how much they can move forward with on a lot of these other projects. But I'm not disappointed or excited that Venom is going to be PG-13, but I know a lot of other fans will be. And so that's kind of, I know that there's going to be some of you out there who are disappointed by this news and you can feel free to rant about it in the, in the comment section. Now, the last thing I want to talk about today, what else? James Gunn, another day, the galaxy continues to turn. These are the days of our lives and so on. So here's the latest. So we had a report yesterday from the Hollywood Reporter that Disney wants to keep James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy script and Volume 3 script. And there was also in that report 
sources that had told The Hollywood Reporter that maybe, just maybe, Disney might be interested in continuing to work with James Gunn, whether that was on Guardians 3 or on a future Marvel film. Well, today we have news from Deadline that there is a contingent within Marvel Studios, of which studio president Kevin Feige is believed to be part, who are trying to persuade Disney via, as Deadline put it, back-channel conversations, trying to persuade Disney to find some sort of compromise that allows James Gunn to stay involved in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now, they didn't necessarily specify what capacity that is. Is it just him staying on to continue writing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? Because even though he turned in a draft of the script, we can presume that there will be revisions needed to that script. There always are, even for somebody who's as good of a writer as James Gunn. So maybe they want him to stay on as the full-time writer for the film. Maybe they want him to produce the film. Maybe they want him to just go ahead and just continue directing the film. And so now if Marvel Studios has this support for James Gunn, it's at least nice to see that Marvel Studios is going to bat for James Gunn. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to change the end result. But I think this gives us the best possible chance for anyone who wants James Gunn to stay involved with Guardians 3 and possibly return as the director of Guardians 3 this is going to be the way that it happens. It's not going to be because Dave Bautista is going out and saying things on social media and criticizing Disney and putting pressure on. It's not necessarily going to be because of a fan petition or anything. The Deadline article did cite the open letter from the Guardians cast as being a factor in this, but all that was was to really start the conversation. And now it seems like the conversation that we've all wanted to happen is finally happening. It's finally happening to where now Marvel Studios gets to come back to Disney and say, look, are we sure about this? Is there really nothing we can do in order to maintain our relationship with James Gunn? Now, Disney may ultimately decide, look, it was it's too far gone. We can't do it. We've said we said what we said. We made the decision that we made. We're not going to look back on that. We're just going to move forward. We will use his script, but that's it. We're not going to do anything else with James Gunn going forward. But If there was any truth to the report yesterday that Disney would be interested in working with James Gunn in the future, they, as I said in yesterday's show, they might as well just do it now. If, because the, the whole issue with values and all of those things that they cited when they fired him, none of that changes whether you work with him today or you work with him on a future film. So you might as well, if you're going to believe that James Gunn has changed, I think it's already been long enough since those tweets that if you're fine with that, if you're fine with working him in the future, you might as well be fine with working with him today and just go ahead and bring him back in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I don't necessarily know. I'm, I'm not... Hearing this news today doesn't make me think that now if you were betting the smart money would be on James Gunn coming back. It's probably still more likely that he won't get to come back. But the odds of his script being kept, it it looks like those odds are pretty good. And that's definitely a good sign for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But it's really tough to say that this is going to work out in the way that a lot of fans want with James Gunn getting his job back on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But it is possible. And if it were going to happen... This is the way that it would happen, not by a not by a petition, not by angry tweets from cast members or anything like that. It would happen because of quiet, private conversations behind closed doors where cooler heads may have a chance to prevail and Disney rethinks the decision and they go ahead and they reinstate James Gunn. And also, if the story has a chance to quiet down a bit, then Disney can have it feel more like it's their decision as opposed to they're just caving to external pressure, which is how a lot of people feel like they got in this mess in the first place. So I think if we just if this conversation happens, maybe this is the best chance. 
It's this is the best chance for people to actually just have a thoughtful discussion on this. And if if Marvel Studios goes into it with that goal, then maybe they'll have a shot at changing Disney the the minds of Disney leadership on this. It's hardly a guarantee. In fact, it's not anything close to a guarantee. But it is the best chance we've got, and I'm excited to hear that Marvel Studios is at least making the attempt. And we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But this story just keeps coming back up, keeps getting bumped up. But at least the last two days, it's actually been some positive momentum. I don't know if it's going to be enough to carry this forward all the way to James Gunn being reinstated, but I'll continue to hold out hope that that's what's going to happen. But that is where I will wrap up today's edition of the Superhero News Show. Thank you so much for watching. Make sure you keep up with us every day at SuperheroNews.com, Facebook and Instagram at SuperheroNewscom, and on Twitter at SuperheroNewsCB. And if you'd like to keep up with me, you can do that on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber. So for Superhero News, I'm Sean. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. 